Hi there. I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. So today on the livehealthy.ae podcast, we have Lulua Fazella Boy, and she was born and raised in India, a mom of two young girls. She's lived in the UAE and the US. Um, she's a pretty big force of nature because just two years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer, and while she was going through her treatment, ended up climbing a mountain in Russia, um, and you know is still on uh, her treatment these two years later. So we're gonna just welcome, Lulua, welcome. Hi, hi Anne-Marie, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. You were one of the people, I, I went to a, I keep talking about this, I went to a Wim Hof method workshop. This is the ice bath and breathing exercises and Dubai right before COVID and just ended up meeting the most amazing people there. I guess we were all sort of drawn to it and you're one of the amazing people I met and we stayed in touch. So. <laughs> um, so tell me, just tell me what was going on in your life when you, when you realized that something was wrong. All right. It started in January, 2018. I was just, I just had, I was sick. I had viral fever and um, I was been quite sick for last six days and I was in bed pretty much. And uh, suddenly I developed a kind of an infection uh, around my breast. It was just when, just right around my nipple, it was like a bump and it was quite painful. So I went for a checkup and uh, the doctor said, it looks like an infection. There's nothing to worry about. And we went and he gave me something for the inflammation for it to go down. But then he did suggest that since I'm going to be turning 40 in the next few months, to do mammogram and ultrasound. And that's when in a couple of weeks when my infection went down and I was feeling good, um, I went for the mammogram and ultrasound. And oh, we did the CA15 blood work. It came negative. So nothing showed that there was nothing to worry about. So I took things quite lightly. I said, okay, you know, I've done with my blood work. I don't need to really go for my mammogram and ultrasound. And we don't really like to visit doctors. <laughs> yeah, nice, yeah. And, but I was forced, I was like, they called me a few times and they said, look, you've got to do your uh, checkups, just get it out of the way. And so I went ahead and did that. So my ultrasound came normal. Nothing showed in my ultrasound. In my mammogram, there was some kind of calcification it was come around level four, three to four. So they are level one to five, five being like risky. So I was under the three to four um, mark, uh, markup. And so they suggested to go for biopsy. I went for my biopsy, still just showed calcification around level four. So I wasn't uh, sure what was going on, honestly. And I thought it was just like any calcification we have in any parts of our body and it kind of gets removed. But I took, I sent my uh, test to India 
and one of our family surgeons, he suggested me to fly down to Mumbai. And he said, I'm going to take a look into your case. So I just went alone to Mumbai um, thinking, okay, it may be a lap something with laparoscopy. You can take the calcification out. You know, I never really thought of anything because all my tests came negative. So I wasn't really worried about anything. And not right when he did some tests and ultrasound and he kept saying it was calcification four. And he just said, I have to cut you. I, I can't do laparoscopy. And I just, uh, I mean, not till I went under the knife and I woke up after my surgery that they actually found it was tumor. Yeah, it just, um, I guess I was kind of a little lucky then to actually go through the surgery and it caught in a very early stage. So first of all, I just want to go back to the blood test that you had. What was the blood test that you had that you said CF? It's CF, CF 15. It's okay. a blood work for detecting cancer. Okay. So that came back negative. Your mammogram yes. came back negative. Meanwhile, are you still having the infection and the, is the lump still there? No, no, no. It's removed. It's removed. It, like, no, no. I mean, in this time, you were... It, um, like, I didn't feel the infection which I had was actually just an infection. Okay. It wasn't, uh, I, that was just a, I was, it was kind of a sign that I went to the doctor. Yeah. But that was, and it got through the stages where I went through the surgery. Yeah. Okay. So it was kind of a, like a sign and um, uh, that infection went away in, in a week or so. I just had oh. an inflammation tablet. Yes. Okay, so in all indications, it wasn't breast cancer. What made you go to the no. doctor in India? Like, what made you take that extra step? Because if you hadn't... I, yes, so when I did my biopsy, you know, I have my family back home, and they insisted that, you know, you know, he's looking at your reports, maybe just come and have a look, because even if I have to take out my classification, I was just more comfortable doing it in India, because just for a reason, you know, uh, I have a good family support and I have uh, my doctors who I know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know too many doctors here in UAE, honestly. So I, I just decided if there's anything needs to be done, I'll t I think I'll just do it in India. Okay. So do you feel lucky that you took that extra step? Because you might... Yes, I did. <coughs> okay. So what was then, what was your treatment plan? Okay. So <coughs> after my surgery... My treatment plan was to do radiation for five weeks for every day. So 25 sessions of radiation, which I decided to do it in UAE, in Dubai, because, you know, it's, I, I live here, you know, my family is here. So it's, uh, I didn't want it to uh, go away for such a long time. So I did my radiation here and I am on sort of a cancer prevention chemo meds right now for five years. So that's my treatment plan at the moment. So I finished two years. I have three more years to go. Okay. Hopefully. So at what point did you decide while you were going through treatment for cancer that you were going to go ahead and climb the mountain that you'd planned to climb? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, um, I had I signed up for the mountain in January and in 2018, it was December or Jan, I signed up for the mountain and I was training for it. And in March, I got diagnosed and I had my surgery and then went through my treatment. After my surgery, it probably, I would say three weeks or something when I wanted to slowly get back into training because I asked my surgeon and I asked him if it's okay for me to 
do what I want to do. This is the, the mountain I'm, I've signed up to climb. It is in August. And it's something still I can work towards it. And, I, and all he said is, if that makes you happy, just do what you want to do. I mean, he didn't give me any restrictions. Didn't tell me you shouldn't be doing and stuff. So I didn't go and ask anybody else. My family was my big support, honestly. Uh, they never questioned or doubted me. So for four months, I concentrated on training. I didn't have much of upper body strength because of my surgery and my lymph nodes. Being, so I trained my legs. I, you know, usually I went for my radiation, started my chemo tablets, um, eating well, forced me to eat good, hydrate myself, took enough rest. And just with the intention, like, okay, this is my goal. That was all in my mind. I had this goal where I wanted to just go and just try. So it wasn't about even, I want to go and submit the mountain. I want to like climb the whole mountain. I went with the intention of like going, like, let's do one day, see how it goes, how I feel. I'll do the next day and so on and so forth. I just was, it was just like a focus that kept me going through my radiation and my, you know, starting my treatment. So now you'd already climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, what the previous yes. year? Yes. Is that right? So how, how does Mount Elbrus compare to Kilimanjaro? Uh, uh, in Kilimanjaro, uh, we went to, okay, so Kilimanjaro is like every day you have and you climb to a certain level and then you come down a little bit and you camp and you climb and you come down and you go through different terrains in Kilimanjaro. In Elbrus, it was a very different kind of a climb because, uh, well, in Kilimanjaro, all seven days we stayed in a tent. While you climbed your tent, you stay in a camp, you climb more and you stay in a camp. Elbrus is, uh, we stay two days in a hotel, we climb to acclimatize, you come back, oh. you stay back in the hotel, you climb again, and then you take your bags and take the, uh, go to the glacier where you climb and come back again to another camp. Then last two or three days, you stay actually on a certain point where that's your base point where you climb and you come back. Then the next day you climb more closer to the summit and climb back. So it's a very long endurance. Okay. It's, you climb all the way and you still come back. So, so on the last summit day, you actually climb for almost 14 plus hours. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Go all the way you and then come the back to the camp. You made it to the top. Yes. Did people in your life think that you were like uh, nuts to accomplish, the, to attempt this <laughs> at this time? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't talk about it much. Only people, I know a few people just close, um, my family, of course, and a few of my close friends. Of course, my coach, uh, where I just concentrated on doing this because I feel if I just go about talking about it while I'm trying to attempt this. It may be just, you know, may, I may get a negative vibe or may just say, okay, I don't think you should do this. And the thoughts come back to me. So I was like, you know what? Just forget it. I'm just going to go and just do it. Because honestly, just end of the day, how I felt. I mean, how I felt because I was training for it and I just wanted to experience this. I still wanted to go ahead and do the mountain. I'm like, I don't want to miss another year climbing the mountain. Do you find that when you tell people that you want to do something like that, that a portion of people will automatically tell you why that's not a good idea, even if you didn't have breast cancer? 
<laughs> do you find yeah I, I no I, you know what I, yeah i i have few uh, people telling me i okay is that enough i mean how many mountains do you want to climb isn't it it is that you just you just did kilimanjaro you just did it i mean that should be enough now you know it's risky you have kids you have family i don't think you should be doing this i mean you can i can die being at home like i mean it it's it, i they do anything so why not just climb a mountain <laughs> just curious why like why do you think why do you think some people like you say just climb the mountain and other people are like here's why you shouldn't climb the mountain and <laughs> you know you we all encounter these people in our lives do you stay away from them do you like when yeah. you, you know you're going through this do you do you just cut the negativity out like how do you deal with it I used to listen to a lot of like what people say and what people think honestly like I think we all do at some point and probably all our life mm -hmm. but I just realize you know by end of the day when you do something which you are really really passionate about and you really enjoy you know people actually try people change and people actually look at what you do and they actually respect you and they're like yeah I mean now I have more people being positive about what I do that being negative mm -hmm. it was like you know I don't believe I mean you take off so much time out on your weekends you know um, and I've been told like you know oh you uh, you you know you when you go on these expeditions you leave your kids behind but I tell you what my kids are more inspired by what I do and they they are more active because of you know you you can teach your kids all you want but action speaks louder than words and when they see their parents being very active, they, they just, it kind of brings a lot in them. They kind of, sort of in a way, follow their footstep or at least see they while growing up. This is what my parents did. So now, it's, I feel it's going away for a week, 10 days, two weeks. It's more lessons for your kids being independent and learn from it. And now I go, I, it's, it's just like, I, it's just amazing because when I go on an expedition, my kids are like making t-shirts, they, they leave secret notes in my bags. And you know, when I'm in the tent or when I'm you know, in the middle of my climb, I just, uh, uh, I find these notes and it's just inspiring to me. My kids like are so uh, happy about this whole thing. Well, they've got a super mom, basically. <laughs> I don't know about super mom. <laughs> but you know, parents talk about parental guilt, moms in particular, the guilt that you're never yeah. going to get enough job or whatever. And I'm interested in the way that you've been able to say, no, this is for me. This is important for me and it's going to be good for my kids. And then it is. Did you like, did you feel that guilt or like you've obviously been able to overcome it? I did. I did initially. And uh, now I actually make, a lot of efforting, uh, well, and not, I wouldn't say a lot of effort, but now my kids are being part of it, of my journey. Uh, I have my kids who come hiking with me, they come camp, they do rock climbing, um, diving. So, so it's like, it's, it's, it's a way of life. It's now, it's just not doing one thing and just leaving and leaving. Okay, I'm going to work on another expedition next year. It's just a way of life being active and just bringing in kids into the uh, lifestyle. I saw a picture of you on Instagram. I told you when you're hanging upside down on a rope just last week. Like that's yeah. a woman. But being outside of nature is very important to you. What does it give you? Like what do you feel you need it? And what does it do for you? Um, a lot of peace. Uh, away from the city. 
away from the crowd. I think the whole crowd sometimes gets to me. All <laughs> in a city is just getting away from the stress. And you know, when actually it's when people say outdoors, they all talk about like beach and stuff. For me, outdoors always been mountains. I'm just very drawn towards mountains. So when I go outdoors, it's always about mountains, either hiking or climbing. And it just brings, it's just like you feel so small, so majestic, and you feel so small. And then when you take the step to climb, you feel like just so good about yourself. You feel you're just like, um, it doesn't matter if you summit or not. It, it, you, made, you made the effort, you tried the fresh air, the nature, it just brings a lot of calm inside you. Now, what, how do you feel during Breast Cancer Awareness Month? Is it, is it annoying? Is it good? Like, I just think it must be really hard. But how, do you, how does it impact you? Yeah, that last two years, honestly, it was like, I don't want to be part. So I, I, I just, I was in kind of sort of a denial. Like, I don't want to be part of it. Like, and I was approached with a few companies, like promoting breast cancer. And I kind of, I didn't want to be part of it, honestly, because I just want to be normal. It's like, I don't want that to be a stamp, like, you know, but I have come in terms with it. And it's like, this is what it is. And now it's, it's like breast cancer awareness is not some, the things like, I think a lot of people do just to promote like little cheesy stuff with sugar and cupcakes and stuff. Yes. <laughs> and I feel more awareness is uh, to actually let people, because people are lost. People are lost as in like, nobody thinks it's going to happen to you. And you don't know if it's really happening to you. So people and people need to know how to go about it, where to go about it, what can I do? Is this so needs a, a channel to kind of express themselves and get information about it? So I think breast cancer awareness is should it's more focused on that. It should be like every month probably or any cancer, honestly. What advice would you have for women off the top if they got a diagnosis? What would be your sort of things you would tell them? It's not end of it. It's not end of it. It's a uh, it's, it's uncomfortable, it's a struggle, but just take one day at a time. That's all. Don't think about what's, how you're gonna uh, feel in a week or 10 days or month or months or a year, it doesn't matter. Take one day at a time, uh, do what you have to do for that day. You feel low, accept it. And don't push yourself, take a step back. The day you feel more energized, you do stuff, you just have to listen to your body and yourself and do whatever your body tells you to do. I'm really intrigued because we have a story this week on Live Healthy um, out of a, a study out of Cleveland Clinic in the US about the importance of breast uh, exercise in prevention of breast cancer, but also in recovery and how, you know, the old concept was rest, you know, just rest, but actually exercising can help with the fatigue and it can actually help yeah. in preventing the reoccurrence of breast cancer. So your movement and what you do all the time is like the best medicine that science is saying kind yeah. of, you know, um, do you, is there something you wish you'd done differently? Okay. So when the, when I had, because I had this mountain I signed up for, so it led me towards working towards my gold and it kept me focused. If I didn't have I, anything that kept me focused, I would have probably gone down the drain of being negative, being, being sorry for myself. I've gone to depression, which I have. 
to uh, after I finished climbing the mountain because I was like lost. Okay. And I that's how I started taking rock climbing because I needed to do something and focus on an activity, a sport where I can do on a weekly basis and not go away to a different country, right? Right. Um, I don't think I would done what I I I'm glad what I how I focused myself and I did what I needed to do during my treatment. If anybody's going through this and it can be anything to have something in uh, a goal in front of you, it could be anything, even just like whatever you're passionate about, go for it. It doesn't, even while you're going through your treatment, do small bits, doesn't have to be anything big. At least that keeps you going. So you think the combination of exercise and a goal was like the yes. key to help you get through the whole thing. Now talk to me a bit about crashing. Cause I think, did you crash after Kilimanjaro? Like, like, you know, you were healthy then, but did you, did you have a little crash after you accomplished that goal? Yeah. You're training, training, you're, you 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 have a goal. You, it's like a finish line. Mm-hmm. You finish and then you're like, okay, what's next? Okay. So it was like just a little bit of emptiness and void because all your training was focused on climb and everything. And then now you're like, okay, I need to, you know, go back to finding another goal I can do and start working towards it. Okay. So I did have it for some time, but then I, that's how when I decided to do Mount Elbrus. Okay. Um, so how do you deal with, do you have fear now that it's going to return? And like, how do you deal with oh, yes. that? Always, I feel, and you know, I have two girls. Always think about them, but uh, I, you know, I always say we can't live in that fear. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. If it's gonna happen, you just have to deal with it and move on. Deal with it and move on. So I try to tell myself if every time I go for my yearly checkup, there's always that kind of a fear when I have to go for my scan, and um, like you feel like oh, I'm gonna do it another time if it uh, comes back again. But then, I, I mean, I just tell myself, we can't live with, on this fear. You just have to live your life. And if whatever comes your way, you just have to deal with it. Did you change your life in any other way after that? No, I, I started living a little more healthy. <laughs> I, I always did. But, you know, um, I started uh, journaling, meditating, Wim Hof, <laughs> Try to keep up, not as much, but I try to keep up with Wim Hof breathing, uh, just doing stuff naturally, honestly. Try to avoid things that kind of, you know, you know having less uh, red meat and, you know, just kind of avoiding few things and, but nothing drastically, honestly. Are you um, planning on climbing any more mountains? Yes. <laughs> I, I honestly haven't decided. Um, but of course, this year, I uh, was going to go back to Mont Blanc. But uh, obviously it didn't happen this year. And I'm not sure what I want to do next year. I'm still thinking, but definitely I want to do some expeditions. What's your dream? What's my dream? Uh, I, you know what, for me, it's all, initially when I climbed Kilimanjaro, I was like, okay, maybe I want to do uh, all popular high name uh, mountains. Now it's like, I, my dream is to climb different terrains. I want to... I'm learning more about mountaineering and rock climbing. And it's like small dreams I have. I don't have anything like major. And I feel I want to live through those small dreams of, you know, just uh, learning 
getting more experience on the mountain. Okay. So climb the mountain. That's your message, whatever it is. Yes. Yes. Let's climb your own mountain. Climb your own mountain. I love it, Lulua. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank today. you. Thanks for having me. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.